Hello and welcome to another edition of the Spitballing Pod. I'm Luke Byron, joined by Rory Ford. I think I said on yesterday's podcast, which we're recording this Tuesday, that we're going to be dropping some more special episodes during the week, a couple of one-on-one conversations. We've got Rory joining us again via the magic of Skype. I didn't give an episode number because I'm not entirely sure when these are all going to drop, so don't want to get them out of order. But Rory, how are you doing? Yeah, not too bad, mate living the dream in this lockdown as is everyone else but um soldier on as best we can getting used to the uh, confines of the dining room table being in the office and, and whatnot but no all good how about yourself yeah i'm all good um hopefully this all holds up and goes smoothly i've got some notes here we'll see how we roll through and we got plenty to discuss so um i usually have our like kind of news of the week but Having done a podcast yesterday, there isn't really any new new news of the week, so we'll get straight into it. I'm sure we'll have some kind of off moments in terms of not strictly sport during uh, the course of this. So, well, Tony Khabib off is the big news of yesterday or the day before. I'm not entirely sure when that was. Days are all um, merging into one by this point, really. Yeah. It was kind of the second the virus started well not started but the second we kind of realized all right this is actually something to take seriously rather than it's just a cold you don't need to worry about it yeah i mean like the sky news clip i saw of the 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 people over in benedorm and i just think no wonder the english (laughs) get such a bad rep and there's a bloke with like the biggest beer belly going with tattoos going it's just a cold i got a beer (laughs) let's just smile and be happy and you just think jesus this is what we've got saw, to deal with. I saw a thing on Twitter yesterday where someone said they looked up and assumed that someone had their dog in a supermarket and they had a tape measure set to two metres and they were walking with it trailing behind them so no one could <laughs> enter that zone. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I actually ventured out to the shops on Saturday. Um, to be fair, people are fairly, fairly getting to grips with the thing. You know, I've never seen so many times I've sort of just stood at the end of an aisle and sort of like been like a traffic cop and yeah. waved somebody out of the aisle. But I mean, it seems to be that people are actually being sensible. I mean, I went out last Thursday and just walked for about five miles, which for me is just unheard of. But just to get out and breathe some fresh air. I mean, what? in the last two days, the extent of my going outdoors has been taking the bin out and then today bringing it back in. <laughs> yeah, same. You, you know, it's bad when... Um vegas start calling off events yeah usually vegas will make it happen and i'm sure that's the first thing dana thought when brooklyn said that look we're not going to be hosting an event he probably thought oh sound vegas and worst comes to worst they do it at the apex but then they ruled out like any events and then these journalists are saying that they were looking at chechnya to do it in (laughs) which is mental yeah, I mean, would they even? I don't even know if they'd have a arena big enough, would they? We well, don't, the unless they just go, well, we're just going to have it in a bloody sports. Yeah, they're hall. literally just looking for like a warehouse they can do it in, essentially. Mental, absolutely. But um, so they said they were, they were going to look elsewhere to do it. Dana said that uh, the media are the biggest pussies and the most weak-minded people he's ever. <laughs> he's ever come across because they keep moaning about him trying to put fights on he said uh so he's he's not going to tell those rats anything about his location because they'll they'll try and get it shut down if you just did you hear the interview where i think it may have been he was on maybe our hawaiian show or something similar and they said oh right is anybody (laughs) anybody left um from your company to work from home and he's just gone no, my team are savages, man. They're all still in the office. And I'm just like, he's just not getting the point here. You shouldn't be I having s- the people there. They should already be. You should be telling them to go. I know they can eventually send them home, but it's like someone released the email that he sent out, and it was like, similar to what you said. It was like, you're all savages. Um, people keep complaining that we're trying to put fights on. People don't realize we are the saving graces, and we're trying to provide people with entertainment in a time like this. Yeah, I so just don't I think he's thought, quite getting it. I mean, he's definitely got a favour that he can call in from Trump, but 
obviously he's saving that maybe for a rainy day because this would have been the time. So they, yeah. they said they were going to do it in Chechnya or wherever. They, he actually came out and said it wasn't going to be in America. So Khabib flies home. Then they say, uh, he goes on Instagram live yesterday and says, I hear they're looking to organize it with or without me. Okay, go ahead. So he says that he was preparing to face Tony Ferguson behind closed doors in the United Arab Emirates. But now he can't leave Russia because they've got a lockdown. <laughs> as, as much as I'm sure it's not advised, I do think if Khabib wants to get out of Russia, then Khabib can get out of Russia just because of how big he is there. But he, he probably is making the right call. Yeah, I mean, I suppose he just goes into dodgy territory there where they say, oh, we're on lockdown. And then all of a sudden he's fighting in UAE to millions of people watching on TV. It doesn't really set a great scene for him or for the UFC, really. Well, he said the day before, he said, I don't really know what's going on. It's really hard to train and cut your weight when the whole world is locked down and you don't know what you're preparing for. So then about an hour after Khabib went on Insta yesterday, then... Tony tweeted out saying, uh, you're hiding in Russia. Don't use a travel ban as an excuse to back out. You've been sent many, you have been sent many locations. Send us one. Yeah. I mean, are we ever going to see this fight? (laughs) We're not saying that the virus is going to have gone away in a couple of months, but it does look like we're going to be able to return to some form of normality to the point where, they'll be able to host like a behind closed doors event in America or whatever. Mm-hmm. So it, it, it seems like common sense would say, we'll just wait and put it on in August, June. September, July, whatever. Yeah. yeah. But I think, and Dana, as much as look, I, I was speaking to TK saying morally, I completely agree that these people shouldn't be fighting. But at the same time, I'm not going to complain because I don't know. I don't know them personally, and I would. If there's going to be fighting on, then I want to see it. I can yeah. not agree with it, but there's enough dirty business going on in UFC, boxing, whatever. That this is probably the least of your worries if you're going to dig beneath the surface. So if it's going to be on, we're, not, we're I mean, all going to watch it. Is it not a strange one for Dana? That would he rather make a few million now or a few hundred million in three months' time? Well, I think if you're Dana, so he said that this was going to be on pay-per-view regardless. So I think if you're him, you're thinking, look, we're doing good numbers when we don't, when we've got competition. And what BBC said at this point, it wouldn't be the only sports show in town. It would be virtually the only sports show on the planet. So even without Khabib, you're going to do numbers. I was having a conversation with somebody else and, You'll get on to another topic later on about weird stuff to bet on. I've been playing some sort of online poker over the last couple of weeks because unable to obviously get a game outside of your house. Um, and I mean, they've got to be the only business that really is unaffected. Yeah. They're probably, I mean, they're getting more numbers than anyone because nobody can ever go outside. I mean, they do a tournament whereby uh, one year, Last year, at the same point in time, they got 56,000 entries. This year, they got 93,000 entries. <laughs> you know, paying $215 a time. Christ. Yeah, T- do, do you know what TK I mean? said yesterday that uh, he keeps picking his phone up and not realizing why. And then he realized that would be when he'd be looking what bet he wants to put on. <laughs> yeah. So you flick on. And yeah, I saw some bloke on Twitter today, um, my timeline, betting on like Chinese second basketball league. Yeah, I mean, it's just ridiculous, isn't it? Thankfully, I'm, I mean, I'm just taking this time to sort of uh, have a bit of a rest, fresh off the back of Cheltenham <laughs> Festival, and then get in a bit of a lockdown on all sport. Um, you sort of go from that manic week of you betting every day, being at the course every day, to having a, a couple of weeks without it. Well, you you might be the person to ask. So I've, I've, people ask me just because they know I went and I'm sure other people are being asked the same saying like, mm-hmm. how was the races able to go ahead? And my understanding was that the racing kind of officiates itself, doesn't it? So it's not, well, it is so the, BHA, if, the BHA is the British horse racing authority. 
Ireland have their own separate overseeing body. That's why Irish racing continued after British racing. But essentially, people were still going to work. The tube was still running. Society was still running normally by that point. I guess their point was, if the government are going to stop it, then it's not on us. So they were saying to the government, look, you made a move a walk. They're not going to scrap the biggest event in their calendar year without somebody telling them to cancel it, you know? Because I saw someone saying, why don't they just do it behind closed doors? And I was like, well, the racing for 90% of people, not, not yourself, I'm sure, but the racing is almost secondary yeah. at the festival, I'm sure, yeah, in yeah. terms of the money they make. So I mean, doing it behind closed people, doors, you're taking away 90% of, of the money. I mean, to a lot of people, it is purely just... Uh, it's a social day out. It'd be the same as going out to a bar, going out to a nightclub. Obviously, different for certain people like myself. I go sort of more for the racing, but you know, for, for like yourself, Byron, you were there having a few pints, having a bit of a jolly. People come and it's their, their annual holiday. You know, <laughs> it's uh, <laughs> it's a bit of a different atmosphere compared to saying, um, you know, we're going to run it behind closed doors and somebody's going to watch it from wherever in the country at home with a cup of tea rather than being at the course paying £6 for a pint of Prava. So, let's go kind of on the on the betting side of things, if we, we'll get back to the UFC just quickly, but mm-hmm. me and TK did a podcast last week and we were talking about, um, you, you, I assume you've seen Dodgeball, the film. Yes. Yeah, so um, if you remember the reference, so they said that it was being broadcast on like the tournament on there yeah, it was on yeah, ESPN the Ocho where they had them like Jason Bateman it was and someone else yeah, doing yeah. the commentating so when the film first came out ESPN actually made that a channel and they put <laughs> things on there like uh, burger eating contests axe throwing <laughs> and all of this and because of the lack of things to bet on they've actually brought this back and even though the events aren't happening they're assuming people haven't watched half of these things before so they can air them and people can feel like they are watching some semblance of sport right so on like a saturday afternoon they're showing like the 2013 uh burger eating championship and then straight after it was like uh the 17th annual bratwurst eating championship (laughs) that was like your super sunday (laughs) but we were saying about what you can stake on this this sort of stuff can you yeah and so we were saying about some sports that you could put on TV and one we said about was whatever you called it as a kid, but like one touch. One touch, It's basically yeah. like squash, but with a football. Yeah, yeah. And we were saying, get some little uh, lot obstacles in there for things to like bounce off. You could have an unreal game there. Yeah, yeah. One touch, good old game, one touch up against the wall. Um, there's some there's some bloke who's streaming every evening um a crab fighting his robot <laughs> and he's getting like yeah, thousands I mean, of people some, watching it and the marble stuff. running I mean, my dad, stuff my dad rang me um maybe yesterday it wasn't he or sunday sunday and he said oh um it's just logged on to his, his paddy power account to sort of maybe lay some anti-post bets for sort of like next year's channel and he goes, the first thing that come up, he goes, I can back on two lads playing FIFA and they're streaming it. And I was just <laughs> like, how much can you realistically get on that without them sort of running the risk that it's going to be completely corrupt and somebody's on, going to throw the game? On 365, where they've got their little, like, kind of like featured ones where on a Saturday yeah. or they have like yeah. football, boxing, like table tennis was like second yeah. on the list the last time I got it. I had a guessing game with him, funny enough, on this exact topic. Um, and I said, uh, come on, let's have a guess. And he managed to get a few of them. Table tennis was the only one he didn't get. So he managed to like guess like the virtuals and football. Cause you can, I mean, the Belarus, Belarus League still going, is it? The Belarusian League still going? <laughs> yeah. I tried putting a bet on um, table tennis before when I was working in uh, the contact centre essentially just backed all the Chinese names and this must have been the I must have backed the only Chinese players that weren't good at table tennis because I think like one of them won 
There's no sport I confess to know anything about. I did want to play a game of table tennis on a cruise ship. Right. <laughs> Have you ever tried to play table tennis outside when it's windy? Yeah. Honestly, I think I'd have given the best player in the world a game because it was impossible <laughs> to keep it on the table. If you returned one shot, you probably won the point. Well, if we go back to Gaethje before we carry on, are you rustling something, by the way, or is it something else? No, no, I'm not doing anything. I'm, I'm sat still. Sounds like you're rustling some paper, like Jack with his keys. No, not me. Um, say, so back to the UFC then. So the first choice they have is Gaethje, who they want yep. to put in for a fight. Gaethje said before that he won't accept short notice fights because he said he's only got so many fights left, so why would he waste it on one he's not properly prepared for? Makes sense. But I think what's happening is the UFC are going to offer, say they offered him the fight, so then they can say, oh, wow, look, you know what Dana's like? He'll say, look, Gaethje knows what happens. Gaethje doesn't want to fight right now. He'll say he rejected the fight and he'll be like, look, we're dealing with people who want to get in there, want to put it all on the line for the title. And yep. so it'll be Connor against Khabib next, almost certainly. Yeah. Dana will say, do you know how much money we've lost promoting him against Tony? And we'll be like, look, I want to see it, but some, oh, clearly this fight is not supposed to happen. <laughs> yeah. And then no, same day, Woodley popped up saying he's prepared to face uh, either Tony Ferguson. He said if he wants to come back up to his ultimate fighter weight, he can fight him there. Or he's prepared to face Colby on the same date. Um, Masvidal said that he's prepared to face Tony. He's prepared to face Usman. Him and Usman are essentially both saying that the other one's ducking them. So, I mean, would Masvidal get down to 155? How would that work? I assume he'll, they'll make Tony come up, which... I mean, I know Masvidal previously has fought a 155. You can't imagine he's cutting that weight at no. short notice. DC went on ESPN yesterday and he said, uh, if you're Tony Ferguson right now, you say, I'll take um, Masvidal. He was like, because he's not going to be fit. He's not going to be training. He can't train properly. And he said, in what in what world is he going to be able to keep up with your conditioning without a camp? Yeah. And he said, point. and worst case scenario, you lose. You lost to Jorge Masvidal. Yeah. Woodley said the same thing. He was like, look, if he wants to face me, look, win or lose. Like him losing, his expression was, it takes no cheese off his macaroni at uh, lightweight, <laughs> which is an interesting way to put it, but. <laughs> I don't yeah, think. Yeah, but I know I get his point. I get his point. Um, I get Tony's one of them who his management aren't going to let him take something stupid, I would assume. I mean, the thing with him fighting somebody like Woodley, Woodley could legitimately manhandle him for two rounds. Yeah. In terms of. Whereas Tony could walk through a few of Masvidal's shots, tie him up, clinch with him, wrestle with him a little bit, and you could see Masvidal being tired. Whereas. Woodley has been having this eye that he's going to be fighting Leon Edwards, so he is going to have been in camp more yeah, recently. Well, he said this is why he was like, he, he said, you don't face like a Gilbert Burns who's been calling you out. He said he fought in Brazil the other week. You gained nothing by beating him, and he was like, sorry, Gilbert, but that's the case. So mm. it literally does nothing for him. And so he was like, you don't take that fight, which I'm sure they weren't going to take anyway, to be fair. Yeah, no, no I agree with that. No, that's I actually true. think that if you want a good fight, then Tony against Gaethje is a better fight than him against Khabib. The Khabib fight is just more interesting. Yeah, I mean, it would be a good fight. I mean, you've got two people that are pretty much just going to try and smash each other's heads off. Yeah. Um, with little to no head movement yeah yeah I mean I, I would still want to see Dustin Poirier get in there with Tony Ferguson as well I think yeah. that would be a great fight um, I actually think again, he's not going to take that Ferguson. you got a, got a chance I mean Gaethje is a very underestimated wrestler I mean everyone talks about his wrestling pedigree but we never really get to see it 
but you look at some of his previous older fights and his wrestling looks fairly legit. Well, he, he has a win against that uh, Jordan Burroughs. In straight wrestling? Yeah. Wow. In college. Oh, wow. Yeah, that I mean, one who wrestled Ben Askren, who's like a freak. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we were reading. Um, I can't remember who who it was. It was uh, somebody who's pretty now, pretty high up in the UFC, top wrestler, and they basically said they stopped college wrestling because they knew they were never going to be Jordan Burroughs. <laughs> I can't remember who that it was. I can't remember who it was. There's, I mean, there's there's plenty people, but like we said before, you have. To, just take some of that wrestling with a pinch of salt when you look at people like Usman. I mean, Khabib isn't an uh, American college wrestler, but... No, but at the same time, you know Jordan Burroughs is, is an unreal Olympic wrestler, world championship winner. Yeah, He's well, in a he, different kettle. He was in talks to um, come to the UFC. Like He right. was speaking to Askren about it, and he was speaking to um, Dana, supposedly, saying that, look, I don't want to come in there just for like a one-off like I want to come in and show that I can do what I can do kind of thing Mm -hmm. and then I think it was back-to-back weeks or back-to-back cards you had um, Mike Perry when he fought uh, Vicente Luque and his nose was like on the other side of his face and then you had uh, Askren getting kneed by Masvidal and he said after he was like you know what I I think I'm all right here just doing my wrestling (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that would, I, that. I understand that. I mean, who would want to get in there and get that kind of stuff done to them? So, if we go back to, well, continue with UFC, but away from uh, that. Actually, first of all, what do you think is going to happen? Do you think they'll get an opponent for Tony, or do you think they're just going to give up and say, look, this, this isn't happening? It's not like Dana to cancel a card. I think the only real big one I remember was when Dan Henderson pulled out um, against... John Jones and Jones refused to fight Sonnen on short notice. But I mean, other than that, he rarely ever cancelled. But at the same time, we're not dealing with anything that anyone's dealt with in our lifetimes or probably, you know, the generation above us, our parents' lifetimes. Uh, It wouldn't surprise me if it was cancelled. I mean, I hope we do get something, but at the same time, I'll be completely understanding if we don't. Yeah. I'll continue making my way through the WWE network. Some of the things (laughs) I've seen on there. <laughs> I was saying on yesterday's when I was watching SummerSlam 2001, and you can see how things have changed. That there was a stink face thong match. Jesus. And now yeah. you have women topping the card. So <laughs> that is how things can change in 20 years. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. Probably so, no greater example than in WWE. No. So what we said is for most podcasts recently, we've done a kind of what are you watching on Netflix feature, which you said yesterday that you don't really watch much TV. I mean, I don't really know. I I I don't know how you watch TV. I mean, I watch TV, but at the same time, I'm not throwing out sort of recommendations on, (laughs) on um, Netflix. I suppose the, uh, what would be the last series I watched on Netflix? Um, Stranger. Yeah, I watched that. It was all right. I quite enjoyed that. So what we did say was that we'll do some kind of fight pass recommendations. So fights to go back and we're not going to be giving you, we're not going to give you Lawler McDonald too, because you don't need us to tell you to watch that fight. I mean, if you haven't seen it, us telling you to watch it probably isn't going to be what's going to charm you into it. There's something that's obviously been stopping you already. So we can save that. So what we've got is what we consider kind of like, the underrated fights that we can put out there. So an example that I have is um, Mike Perry against Danny Roberts from the UFC Manchester card where Bisping faced Dan Henderson. And that was the first time I saw Mike Perry, but it is a proper back and forth. And I always say that the thing that takes it for me from a good fight to a great fight is uh, when you get a finish at the end of it and it just makes it that much more memorable. And Mike Perry does go out there and finish Danny Roberts, so that's definitely one to look back on. Yeah, I mean, pretty much most Mike Perry fights are pretty fun. Yeah. If you're short of a bit of time, um, he likes to get in there and, and trade heavy hands. I mean, some some of his knockouts, I mean, the knockout when he elbows Jake 
Kellenberger. Yeah, Jay Kellenberger. Ridiculous. To be fair, he's been in a lot of good scraps, just he's not usually on the correct end of them. No. Kellenberger. No, that's very true. Because isn't, isn't it him that uh, got head kicked by Wonderboy? It is, Where he yeah. said karate, that's yeah. funny. Yeah, yeah, he basically said he's not going to catch me with any of that spinning shit. And then he gets dropped with it. Wonderboy's dad shouts to let him up. And then you just hear him shouting, spin, spin. And then he does it again and absolutely flattens him. And I'm pretty sure he got smashed by Condit as well. So he's maybe one that you look at on Fight Pass, but you're not really looking to see him win. Yeah, that's fair. Got anything to chuck out there? Yeah, I mean, there's a few. I mean, I'm not sure how it's going to work. I don't know if you're going to go one for one or you want me to rattle off. Yeah, you can do. I've got... I've got a couple, so yeah. So the, I'll, I'll go sort of furthest back to most recent. So I've got sort of 2013 to 2017. So we've got a few few years. Um, Brian Stanley Vandalay Silver only lasted about a round and a half. But um, I mean, if you want to see two guys just swinging, no real technique, a proper old school Vandalay Silver fight, um, we're trying to stay away from sort of giving finishes. But again, this is one where both guys get dropped and, and they swing to the finish. Um, but yeah, really good fight. I always remember oh. I actually had a karate tournament the next day and I was up till about half five. This was the main event. Um, and I just <laughs> remember walking, it was over in Gloucester at GR1. I just remember walking into the sort of like the, the arena and just thinking, I'm so tired. I'd rather be doing anything <laughs> than trying to kick people today. I quite like Brian Stan when he was part of the punditry team. Yeah, I thought he was quite good. I thought he was quite good. And then he went to do, uh, I think he went, did a Rage and Allen, went to do uh, real estate. That wouldn't surprise me. That wouldn't surprise he me. said he would, got, he would get paid more doing that and have more free time to see his kids than he had doing the UFC. Which is crazy when you think of yeah. it. Yeah, I think the UFC probably, when Rogan goes... I think they might panic and they're going to chuck money at the guys they have to keep. Yeah, quite possibly. I mean, I assume Rogan's probably on the most. Yeah. Perhaps he just does it for the love of it. I don't know. I'm sure he's on the most. I'm sure he doesn't get paid what we think he probably gets paid, but he probably gets paid more than probably a good half of the card. Yeah. And... He doesn't really. He's not really as good at his job as he was previously either. So he's getting paid for doing less work, just screaming out he's hurt. <laughs> yeah, he stung him. Ow! Ow! <laughs> just doing sort of things like that. But yeah, no, um, he will be missed once he goes. I'm sure. I don't have the the dates, but one I rewatched um, recently was uh, Donald Cerrone against Matt Brown. Yes. Matt Brown's Great another finish. one who you can Unreal just go finish. in and you can just go and watch his fights and you're going to have a good time 90% of the time. Yeah, I mean, he's a vicious looking guy. I always think he looks a lot older than he probably actually is. Yeah, he. It's, it's more savage, like we said with Gaethje, when you can wrestle and you just choose not to. You know it's there, but you just yeah. rather not do that. Yeah, I mean, Matt Brown is like a proper... Loves the tight clinch, loves the gritty knees, elbows, driving you up against the cage. I mean, he's a fun fighter to watch, for sure. The Immortal. The Immortal. Great nickname. What, I mean, another one, I saw, another one I threw out. This is a bit more of a more high-profile one that probably a lot of people have watched. Um, but again, from UFC 167 in 2013, uh, GSP v. Hendricks. Brilliant fight. Um, one that I... They actually gave the nod to Hendrick on, but a really good fight. You get to see sort of GSP pre, so it was, like it was the last fight before he went on his huge, shall we call sabbatical or whatever you want to call it. But that was a great fight. There was a lot of wrestling. There's a lot of um, back and forth action, but a, a fun fight, I thought, um, at the time and I've, I've watched again since and thought it was a good fight. Yeah. I've got um, Stipe against Junior Dos Santos one. Second one, obviously, Second didn't very have quick, long, it? Yeah. but the first one's great. Yeah, did uh, did GDS get the GDS get the nod in the first one? Yeah, decision. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's one of them where it's back and forth for it's like 
one wins two, one wins two, and then it's all down to the last round. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, the second fight was nasty. Absolutely nasty leg kicks, wasn't it, by Junior and Stipe probably needed to finish him pretty quick and he ended up yeah. doing so. Yeah, I mean, that was back before the Reebok days, wasn't it? It was the uh, first fight. Yeah. Remember, Junior was wearing like the white Nike shorts, if I remember correctly. With sort of the blue waistband on them. Yeah, Junior was a he was a fun fighter. Sadly, he absolutely slept my boy Kane before <laughs> Kane sort of came roaring back and beating him twice. But and he's great, just been slept fighter. by my boy Curtis Blades. Yeah, yeah, fair. Junior, I think he, he's one of those probably lost his chin a little bit over the last few years, <laughs> but still carries hands. Still dealt with Taito Avasa. Yeah, still dealt with. Uh, that guy that neither of us particularly like and seems like he's in the worst shape every time he gets in there. Hey, he's a nice enough bloke, just just a terrible fighter. <laughs> he's got what that fly in me. Uh, next one, for anybody that's not watched this, I implore you to go and watch this. This is a short fight, but a brilliant fight. Abel Trujillo v. Jamie Varner, 2014 UFC 169. I always remember I was at uni, I had somebody coming down to visit. We got back from a night out and I was like... I'm going to watch UFC, and they were like, oh, I never really watch it. I'll tune in. And this was the first fight we watched. Um, I mean, Jamie Varner, as I said, I won't give anything away, but Jamie Varner pulled it on back and forth. I mean, it's just a brilliant, brilliant round and a half, two rounds of action. Do you want to hit me with the rest of your suggestions, and I'll reel off mine, and then we'll Yeah, carry that on. sounds good. So I've got Law Levy Condit, 2016, UFC 195. Again, another back-and-forth contest. I don't really get the robbery that people think. It was very close fight. could have gone either way, but no, by no means a robbery. And then the, uh, Lando... The, sorry, the, the photo at the end of that fight is one of my favourite ever. Slumped on the cage. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, a brilliant fight. Absolutely brilliant fight. Um, and then I've got, as my final suggestion, Lando Venata v. David Tamer, 2017 UFC 209. These guys were meant to be sort of like down the card. They ended up being bumped up to... The co-main event, nobody knew David Tamer was at the time. Lando Vanata had quite a big rep, but had not quite followed through in all of his fights. But again, back and forth fight, mainly stand-up. Just absolute war. He had a good fight with um, Matt Frivola as well. That was on the... It was a big card. It may have been... Connor Khabib won. Yeah, possibly. I'm, it may have I'm been. Right. It was something. It was. It was a big fight either way. Um, but yeah, they they fought on that card and obviously had a good fight with um, Tony Ferguson as well. So yeah, that was a great fight. I mean, he looked like he was piecing him up at one point. Yeah, <laughs> he drops him. Uh, it was a then... uh, Cormier v Lewis card. Lando oh, Van v Matt Favola draw. But yeah, I mean, like you look. Uh, you what look was at the main record. event that night? Which one? Um, the night the Cormier Lewis. That was the main event. Was it? Yeah, yeah. Cormier v Lewis. Oh. And it was uh, Jacques Gravy Wideman was the Cormier. Ah, there we go. My boy. Down the card, we've got uh, Israel. Open the pay per view. I knew it was a big card because I remember um, my brothers staying up to watch it. And they don't usually, so I, I knew it was a big card, so I assumed it would be McGregor, but obviously not. No, that's fair. That's fair. But that, they're my five sort of go and watch if you haven't gone to watch previously. Yeah. The other ones I had, one which was like a fight of the year contender, but doesn't seem to be spoken about, which was um, Polo Reyes against uh, Don Hyun Kim. If that's yeah. not been seen, that's just one of their mental back and forths. Um, Gus against uh, DC. One of the yeah. most tense fights I've ever watched because I had money on not only DC but DC by decision. So when they're both slumping each other throughout, I was having okay. a heart attack. Uh, Aldo Mendez 2, the fight that properly got me into MMA. Yeah. And uh, Thomas Almeida, Brad Pickett mm. yeah. from UFC yeah. 147. Yeah, some good fights. Some good, good fights. So we've mentioned betting a fair bit already. Um, we, I think we asked on a recent podcast elsewhere. Um, what's the weirdest thing you've ever bet on? One where you, you'd shake your head if you look back at yourself. 
hard. That was a hard one. Um, I, mean, I find greyhounds quite a weird concept. Despite the fact they are very popular to bet on, I think greyhounds are a fairly weird one to bet on because you've got no control over it. You let a dog out of a trap and it's chasing after a fake hair. You know, that's a fairly weird one. Um, it's fr- I, it's, I, I think they're freaks when I see people have pulled off like mental greyhound ackers. Yeah, yeah, I just don't get it. Just do not get it at all. Um, Although one of my biggest ever wins like in a bookies is on greyhounds where it was before, it was the same night that Kel Brook beat, um, what's his name? Uh, Sean Porter. Yeah. And I went to uh, the Coral by us with uh, a kid we know his surname rhymes with loft and <laughs> he was betting as uh, you'd expect and because i was waiting with him i thought i'll oh, just i think i had a fiver in my wallet and i put a uh, i meant to put a forecast i meant to put a reverse forecast on these two uh, dogs yeah and i got it wrong and i actually um put a I'm I'm not sure. I meant to put a reverse forecast or I put a forecast or I, I basically put the wrong bet on mm-hmm. and it came in when we thought it had lost and I went to cash it and got like 150 quid or something <laughs> from a fiver and he was absolutely fuming. But I don't That's think cool. I've gone back to ground since because I can always remember I, I went I got out very for, lucky. Went out for a point on a Friday afternoon with my dad the one time when I was back from uni. Uh, my birthday's the 14th of June, so 146. And he goes, oh, whatever. He, he always does one, two, three, four, five, six tricasts on the dogs. Yeah. And I said to him, oh, put me a pound on 146. Being my birthday straight, and it came in 88 to 1. So that was pretty cool. That was a bit of a random one. So we had a free afternoon out. Um, yeah, I mean, virtuals. I had to, like, if you ever have, like, a pound left in your account and you whack on the virtuals. Which is absolute um, criminal behaviour. Those clips of the virtuals you see on Facebook, the mental ones, are so good. Yeah, I mean they are just absolutely ridiculous. Um, like a carriage and some like weird thing, like leading it along <laughs> and all sorts. Yeah, I mean they're, they're very, very weird. Um, though, I mean generally, whilst betting on a vast array of stuff, I don't bet on anything too weird. Um, you know, you hear people betting on stuff like badminton or row in or anything sort of odd that they clearly have no idea about i mean yeah mine was like um stuff i, I think it was the danish big brother you had a who to be evicted. <laughs> no see i've never i've never gone that deep um yeah i mean I, I back on some weird sort of american racing now and then but that's purely because you can get a handle on the form and you can actually look at it I mean, people say it, i'm absolutely mental for doing it but you do get a bit of success from it yeah, there used to be some account on uh, Twitter. I think his handle was like, it was something simple, like a racing boy or something like that. <laughs> but um, anyway, he used to send me these tips. I think I think he got it right once and I tweeted like at in a minute. And then he used to just uh, message me them because for some reason they, they wouldn't come through at work or something. But right. He put one on before for an American one. He used to do it, and I used to have the tense thing where you wake up in the morning and just look at your balance to see if the bet's won. Like when you have when you get a rare Sunday UFC card. Yeah, where you fall asleep. It never worked. Well, yeah. yeah. That's fair. Well, when you cheated in our bet, and I didn't watch the card, but woke up to see I'd won. Yeah, I don't remember that. Do not remember that. I mean, you get that as well if you have a bet on basketball. Yeah. And it ends up just being that, sort of like absolutely mentally late. I, I don't know why anyone would could like regularly bet on basketball because I, I, I've criticised it before that as, as much as I like basketball, the regular season, no game feels particularly important by the fact that you've got another 81 yeah. So there's no, there's no, like, an upset isn't that big of an upset. No, that's fair. 
So it's so risky when you see one that's like what someone's like one to seven on. It's like, there's no point even putting <laughs> any cash on this at all. No, no, that's fair. And it would always be that one that would lose as well. Other bit of news we had. So we had Billy Joe Saunders yesterday was uh, in trouble again, put out an apology for probably the 160th time. It's quite a character for him. This time he uploaded a video saying that if your wife or girlfriend is having a go at you during this quarantine, then here's, here's how to the first hook to land and land an uppercut after with a tutorial. Yeah, I... Genuinely, what was running through his mind when he thought that was a good idea? Well, people keep saying, like, oh, people just can't take a joke anymore. If it was, like, a one-off, then I could maybe see, look, you're trying to do something here, and you're trying to see what you can get away with. I mean, it went on for about three minutes. It was earlier in the week that he had... He got his mates kicked off a flight because he phoned up and said that one of them had corona... Yeah, yeah, I saw that. And then apologised, saying, look, no, no, I actually did think that it wasn't safe. And then he apologised and then did his little PR stunt and donated some like water to the NHS or something. And then in the same week, he gets himself in trouble again. Yeah. And people are saying, it's, oh, it's because, he, it's because he's a gypsy or whatever, which look, I'm sure he's had some more negative press than say i don't know josh kelly would have got if he'd done the same thing but it, there's only so many passes that you're going to get yeah i don't so think like, it really matters who you are you're still going to get into shit for doing that yeah, half the so. things that fury got in trouble for when he was saying stuff about like gay people and all that if aj said the same thing he's going to get in the same amount of trouble there was nothing yeah. to that there and so with with saunders I, I, I don't know how anyone can be saying he's hard done by no Agreed. Absolutely agreed. And the the ban is only just to make the British border like they're doing something as well, because by the I time mean, it, it's over, then I mean, Bob's going to be back anyway. I mean, it's excellent that he says, oh, um, yeah, I mean, I feel really bad, but for my next fight, what I'm going to do is I'll donate part of my purse to domestic violence and I'll be doing some self-defence lessons. He's already saying, essentially, that the ban's a load of shit, and when he gets back in there, he'll be fine enough. Why? If you're going to be stupid, don't do it right before you're supposed to have the Canelo fight. No, exactly. Exactly. Uh, Also, you've got to have a look at the team around him and say, why are you even letting him have a phone? (laughs) You've got to at least say, like, take control of his Twitter account. Because last year was when there was, like, a crack addict on the side of the roads and he said that he'd give her a fiver if uh, she punched the next bloke that came past and called him a pedo or something. Right. And he got in that. trouble for that. He filmed it and put it on his own social media. Yeah, absolutely ludicrous. Absolutely ludicrous. So there's that. What else have we got to get into? We've got oh, a couple of uh, kind of smaller questions. So penalty to save your life. Who are you having take it? Myself. You I'd can't have yourself. I'd take her. You've got to pick someone. Uh, Matt Letiz. That was a common answer. Uh, I thought Miller, about Zidane. Miss many. Yeah, to be fair, I'd any t- man that can do a Panaka barring in in the World Cup final. Well, this was my reason for not having him because, look, do that on your own time. Don't do that when my life's at stake. <laughs> you want somebody who's going to blast it hard and low. Yeah, I, I took Lampard to have mine. Kieran Trippier, after he's put it through like the top Kane, bag against Colombia. Kane's Kane, got him. Yeah. But he seems to, it depends what shirt he's in. If he had a Spurs shirt on, then I'd be all over it. He can take it for me, as long as he doesn't know it's for me. He's got an over the bar in him, I think. Yeah. Well, it was against Norwich, wasn't it? Yeah. James Milner, he didn't seem to miss many. No. They always seem to, the penalties always seem to come right after he's been uh, right after he's been subbed on. <laughs> yeah, almost like they, they just know he's on. <laughs> so, who would be the three best people you could be quarantined with? So you can't say like 
your bird, your mum and your dad. So, like... <laughs> I took uh, Arsene Wenger, Vince Vaughan, and Robert De Niro. Okay. Okay. I mean, I want three people that ain't too chirpy. I want three people that just give me nice and mellow, give me nice and quiet. No one give me too much jip. Um, having said that, I would be tempted to have somebody like. Um, Javier Mendes or somebody similar and I could just become an absolute beast they could just train me for three weeks solid and I'd come out being a world champion like having a mini camp um, I mean you'd have to have somebody funny maybe like a Mickey Flanagan or somebody that's going to make you laugh keep your spirits up <laughs> you, I don't think you've met him before but uh, one of them where you wouldn't you wouldn't say it to someone so this this random bloke approached my mate once said to him, I don't know if anyone's told you this before, but you are the spitting image of Mickey Flanagan. And he was like, cheers, <laughs> mate. Thanks. Yeah. Yeah. It's probably not a good one to be associated with, is it really? Especially how old you mate. <laughs> Same age as me. So 26. <laughs> so he's already adding 20 years yeah. to the bloke's life. Yeah, that ain't good. That ain't good. Um, but somebody like that maybe to make me laugh, and then I, I mean I don't know. So hard. Um, I feel like I I could have a, a bit of a laugh and a bit of fun with maybe somebody like uh, Will Ferrell or somebody like that. I feel like he'd be quite a good laugh as well. I don't think he'd take anything too serious. No. Um. What else? Oh, three worst people. God, the three worst people. Somebody's just constantly going to be on your case. I mean, I wouldn't want to be stuck in a room with Michael Bisping for very long. <laughs> um, people that were really just absolutely great on me. Um, Russell Howard. Yeah, Don't get Christ. his humour at all. I mean, he would no. absolutely do my bonson. Um, then I suppose it would have to be somebody like... Who are your three? Whilst I'm thinking of a third, um, I'll have to try and remember who I picked. Uh, I think I had Katie Hopkins. Yeah, good shout. Good I'll shout. Try and find it. Try and find me notes. Maybe somebody like Tony Blair. I feel like he'd just be telling you everything that the government's doing wrong. You just don't need that sort of sort of stuff in your life. But like a Jeremy Corbyn, he's just uh, absolutely disgraceful. Every time you're like, mate, just please. Yeah, Katie Hopkins, Perez Hilton. And I said, I don't, I don't know what Alex had done to me at the time, but he was on my list as well. <laughs> yeah, I'd, I'd probably say, I wouldn't want like a political figure. Um, probably wouldn't want like Donald Trump or somebody either, to be honest. <laughs> but I wouldn't really want a political figure who's just going to tell me everything the government's doing wrong and how bad they're getting it and then somebody like Bisping just don't really get on with it and then somebody's just got absolutely shit humour like Russell Howard or I wouldn't really want anybody too aggy like can you imagine like being in there with like Brock Lesnar who's just trying to eat your fridge <laughs> and you're going hey mate come on mate we can't even get down the shop at the minute <laughs> leave no, it for you... the rest of us have you been up to hear any music or we've been on here? I think my mum seems to be having like a disco downstairs. Christ. Uh, no, I can't really hear anything myself. Hopefully. No one else can if uh, while this is recording. If so, you know, it's not me. Oh, all right then. Um, so I've got some questions here and we're going to ask you, Rory, whether you could beat a pro athlete whether sure. you would back yourself in these situations and this follows this on like, from uh, uh, I saw an interesting so, I mean, one we, the other day well, Sorry, go on. You, arranged you against uh, Demi Meyer, which he he seems to be retiring early to get out of the way of this just FYI that is stand up only just for anybody before they jump on the yeah. bandwagon <laughs> I know he would collect my neck or my arm straight boxing kickboxing let's have it so the other so the questions I've got are linked to this. So okay. 
do you think you could score a penalty against Allison? Yes. Balls on the no. ball on the one yard line. Do you think you could stop Richard Sherman? No, Marsh or Marsh on Lynch. Marsh on Lynch. Can you stop uh, Lynch on the one no. yard line? I think he would run straight through me. If you're on the one yard line, can you beat him to score? Maybe, maybe be able to get my arm through his legs quick enough with the ball. So you're backing yourself. If this was a yes-no situation, you're saying yes. Yes, I could. Could you land a jab on Lomachenko? No. You're backing yourself to land one glove on him. How many attempts am I getting? You you got a round. Uh, Yeah, I would then. One shot. So you land a jab, not kind of like a cuff, but you can land a jab on him. One solitary jab, yeah. Comp your box, credit it as a shot. Yes. Okay. Could you land a takedown on any ranked no. fighter in the UFC? Nobody. Not one ranked fighter in the UFC, you don't think? Nope. I don't think so. I thought Not you unless... would... Uh, I don't know. That one. Maybe one of these small guys. But I think it would be too quick for me. I can't think of a single ranked fighter... Oh, to get a takedown If we gave you a 9-0 head start in a first to 10 against any player currently playing in the NBA, do you think you can score one basket to get to 10 before they get 10 baskets themselves? So kind of like 1v1. So you have to get the ball back once you've lost it. Or they have to miss the shot, I suppose, and you collect the rebound. Uh, I did famously score a three-pointer once in a school match. <laughs> uh, I'm struggling to say that I'm ever going to rebound against a guy that's like 6'7". No, well, he I'm saying... Well, could shoot I, a three-pointer and you could collect it from close, so he could work that way, but... I'm saying he still beats me 10-9. Okay. I'm backing myself there, you know. No, I'm saying he still beats me 10 9. By the time he gets to about 9 5, I'm absolutely blowing out my ass. <laughs> Can you think of any other sports or I missed anything? Uh, Nothing that just about has us covered. I'm still starting to regret my, my shout at Lomachenko. <laughs> you think you can land a glove on Lomachenko but not land a basket before sort of player lands 10 on you? I think I've got the reach on him, though. Maybe, although I'm not sure that helps. Yeah, I mean, I, I may revise that one. Give me 30 You can't, now. Chris Tarrant's taken your final answer. <laughs> it's locked in. Yeah, I've got some... So I've got a list of kind of quick-fire questions, but it might not be as quick because I'm going to be eliminating some of these because quite frankly, I don't need to ask you whether you want an ice cream cone or a snow cone, but we've got a nice mix here. Dog or cat? Dog. Netflix or YouTube? Netflix. Toast or eggs? Toast. I won't ask you cardio or weights. Neither. Music or podcasts? Music. Cake or pie? Pie. Swimming or sunbathing? Sunbathing. A rich friend or a loyal friend? A loyal friend. You had to think about that one more than... I did. (laughs) Trying to weigh up how much the rich friend's given me. Some of these are so bad. Work hard or play hard? (laughs) Play hard. If you if you if you work hard, you can play hard. Yeah, fair, fair. Bath or shower? Shower. Are there any more interesting ones of these? Like burger or pizza? We're down to the nitty gritty here. Burger. I agree. What's 
your go-to at Five Guys? I'll go for a double bacon cheeseburger with extra onion, mushrooms, and a medium fries, and a lot of mayo. So bad. (laughs) Extra cheese, extra bacon every time. Mustard mayo is what you want. I have no sauce in the burger, just mayo with the chips. That's even worse. No. Not, no. A day at a theme That's park me. or a day at the beach? Uh, what are we talking? British beach or broad beach? You can make it the beach you want. Day at the beach. Beach. Oh, I hate the beach. I just probably like it more than the idea of being at a theme park queuing all day. I suppose. I'll take the theme park. Coke or Pepsi? Are they cold? Yes. Pepsi. Ooh. If they're room temperature, Coke. But no drink needs to be room temperature. No, but you get my point. If, you, if you're going in a shop with their dodgy yeah. fridges. Yeah. Uh, nothing's, nothing's worse. Um, the one that springs to mind is uh, there's a WH Smith in uh, London, Victoria bit where if I'm trying to get in there when I'm rushing to the coach and say I've, I've had a Burger King and it's got me a bit thirsty, but I don't want to bring exactly their massive cup on the coach. And the WH Smith in there, it's like a, it's a massive fridge, but it's never cold in there. And it infuriates me every time because what is the point in having the fridge? Is that the one where like you first walk in, they've always got like shitloads of headphones for sale? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's got, almost got like two separate bits that. and then opposite you've got like a Burger King and around the corner you've got McDonald's. Yeah, I know what you're about. There's a Labrooks almost opposite it as well. That sounds about right. Yeah. Not that I've ever been to that station or been in that Labrooks ever. Burger King or KFC? KFC. I can't believe some of these. What else have we got? What, my answers or? Yeah. And some of the what? questions, to be fair. Why? What was wrong with my answers? You're Burger King over KFC. You're asking me right here, right now, though. I've been without a takeaway for however long. <laughs> yeah, I had to get Papa John's on Saturday because everywhere else was closed. Oh, we had an Indian and it took two and a quarter hours to turn up. Do you know, um, do you go on Just Eat to order? Yeah. But I'm, so a bit out in, I'm about four miles out of the city centre here, so... Well, the, the ones you scroll past usually that you wouldn't even give a second thought to on Saturday, I was like, hmm, do I chance one of these? <laughs> and you know, you know, the like blatantly fake reviews where it's just five stars and it's like great chips, great chips. And then you see one and it's like they turned up three hours late. <laughs> Everything was cold. And you think, I actually know which one I'm believing here. And it's not the 500 five stars, but it's the three one stars which look like their real names. Yeah, I mean, I did say if if the curry would have been hot on Saturday, it would have been lovely. But when the guy's got to leave it on your doorstep, go back to his car, ring yeah. you, you got to go out. It's just, I feel for the man. You could have banged it in the microwave. Yeah, I did. But you can't microwave chips or a naan, can you? No. No, I had a, a new phone arrive today, and the guy dropping it off, he like he was gonna hand it to me. He was like, "I just have to put it down here and take a picture." <laughs> oh okay we wouldn't have touched hands at all i would have just grabbed the other side of the package but oh, whatever you need to do mate, it's fine yeah i mean they got to protect themselves i suppose as well they? yeah eat out or take away uh eat out or tv show or movie i think this is the last tv one show yeah and the one everyone obviously wants to know uh, ninjas or pirates Ninjas. I'd be inclined to uh, go with that. I was yeah, actually, I got a book. Go on. I was just going to say, ninjas seem a bit more, yeah, a bit, bit more magical than a pirate. <laughs> I got a uh, book for Christmas, and it was like top 100 mafia movies. Right. And I was looking through it uh, last night trying to see if I'd heard how many I'd heard of like uh, with all respect to how good maybe the films are I'm not going back and watching a film that was made in like 1936 but (laughs) 
I saw one near the back of the book. I saw it's um, Forrest Whitaker is uh, the lead role. It's from 1999 and it's called um, Ghost Dog, The Way of the Samurai. And the description, <laughs> an African-American mean? mafia hitman who models himself after the samurai of old finds himself targeted for death by the mob. It looks unbelievable. <laughs> yeah, He's got enough. some, like, the, the poster is him with, like, the hood, like, halfway over his face. Like, if he was in a film, he'd just have to turn sideways and people would be like, who is that guy over there? I don't recognise him. Yeah. So I've been trying to kill him the entire film. Yeah. And he's got like a little side eye, which with his eye doesn't work particularly well. But maybe that's why they've done it. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. I've never, seen it. I've never even heard of it. No, nor do I. I saw it and thought, well, I wouldn't assume it was a mafia film. Ghost Dog, The Way of the Samurai. <laughs> but there we go. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure there's some other things I had to ask you. All right, yeah. Only a couple of things left. You can hoard one item of food and one item of drink until the isolation blows over. What do you keep? I'm don't having... just uh, don't just tell me pasta. Choose like a like a something more snacky. I'm having Coke Zero for my drink. Oh. And I'm having. So I don't think you can go wrong with uh, just some nice crisps, some McCoys. Which crisps, though? McCoys. Steak or Thai sweet chicken. Oh, that's quite, the, the salted McCoys are arguably the best, but the cheese and onion ones are unbelievable Unreal. as well. Unreal. It's all, all good. Bacon sizzler I tried for the first time the other day. Yeah. Unreal crisp. I think it's got to be cherry Coke for me and... Hmm. Crisps, I like the uh, big bag like of Thrills, sweet sweet chili, and, chili and I think it's like sour cream uh, kettle chips, red bag. Nice. Yeah, nice, nice. And then finally, so we've done this on a podcast. Probably feels like ages ago now, but I think it's because of how long March is. So probably like February time, where we were asking our dream eleven. So not the best eleven. I had Luke Young at left back. Uh, right back, sorry. TK had Mika Richards and Dan Agger in his squad alongside Maldini and uh, someone else at centre-back. But let's have your dream 11. Somewhat of an explanation, but I mean, I don't need you to tell me Puppier's okay. middle name kind of thing. <laughs> no, fair. What so formation I've got, have we got? I've got a 3-4-3 three, three with almost a diamond in the middle. So in goal, I've gone for Pepe Reina just because he was sort of a, a long-standing keeper for Liverpool. Probably watched the most of him in my formative years. I've gone for a back three of Cannavaro, Hoopia and Roberto Carlos. Carlos is just needing to do a job, sort of that centre-back at the minute, and he is left-footed. Um, I've gone for Hoopia. He was one of my sort of favourite players growing up. He was one of the reasons I wanted to be number four when I was younger. And then Cannavaro, I actually saw him play live when Liverpool beat um, Juventus in the quarterfinals of the Champions League. I've never seen a player that's not overly big dominate an aerial battle quite like he did. Um, and I just thought he was a brilliant player. Um, my midfield, I then go for Xavi Alonso sitting in front of the back three. Um, I mean, who doesn't like him? Absolutely brilliant player. My two then sort of centre midfielders are Gerard and Zidane. Again, both just brilliant players. Um, Gerard obviously being Liverpool captain sort of royalty to me growing up and then you've got Zidane who scored that unbelievable goal in the 2001 Champions League final which is sort of one of the first games I really ever remember watching probably at the age of about six five or six um, I've then gone slightly weird I've got Messi just behind my front three um, just to naturally let him drop in and does what he does best um, I've always been firmly on the Messi bandwagon rather than the CR7 bandwagon I mean just the things he does when he's on the pitch just absolutely unbelievable um, again saw him play live as well um, Ronaldinho was the boy back then for Barca um, but yeah Messi just great player needs no real further explanation and then my I saw Messi three... stink out 
Wembley against Liverpool and you battered him 4-0 in a pre-season friendly. <laughs> but yeah, then that's... saw him at a new camp to make up for it. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. Uh, just unbelievable. Best player I will probably ever see in my life playing yeah. football. Um, my front three is then Suarez, Torres and Mane. So I've basically gone for my favourite Liverpool striker from Torres, who was probably my favourite player at Liverpool at the time, on to Suarez and now on to Mane, who is my current now favourite Liverpool player. Um, plenty of honourable mentions. I did have Luis Garcia in there at one point, just because he always came up with an important goal. Thomas Muller and Griezmann of more recent players were ones that I toyed with having in. Um, Gibriel Cisse was probably unlucky not to get a nod. Probably just lost out on a quality standpoint. Um, Unlucky is definitely a word I'd associate with him. (laughs) Yeah, definitely. Absolutely, (laughs) definitely. Um, Yeah, really hard. I found it really hard to do sort of keeper and defenders. found it really hard then to wedge enough strikers into the team. Um, But yeah, I mean, there's so many players sort of that you could say, but I want to try and make it not just all 1-11 to of Liverpool players. So that's my 1-11. to and I think they would win most games because you have got Zidane, Messi in the team. <laughs> You're not really going to be going very far wrong. No. Well, thank you. I mean, I'm recording most nights this week, so I'll put a, probably a graphic out at the end of the week with everyone's 11, and we can see what people think of them. But until then, thanks again for listening to another edition of the Spitballing Pod. Stay safe, stay isolated. We'll be back. Goodbye. <laughs>